Welcome to this week's edition of Race Time Radio. So, so glad you could tune in tonight. I am Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in the Race Time Radio studio. And if we got a dandy lined up for you tonight, but what do you say we get over there to Junior and uh, see how you made out this weekend? But you had a busy weekend. I did have a busy weekend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we, uh, you know, got a chance to... Uh, uh, spot for Rick Burn uh, in the Super Stock, the Ooh, Quick Quick Super Stock. That didn't go well. That did not go well, but uh, <laughs> we always have a good time doing it. Um, feel bad for him. He, first time he's ever been on the racetrack at Sunset. So, oh, really? Um, that was his first Sunset yeah, race? only got about 20 laps in practice, and, and uh, you know, that's a tough place to learn, and, and a lot of good Super Stock competitors out there. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so we did a really good job for, for what uh, all took place, and, then uh, unloaded the late model with Josh Stoddy. Um, uh, had a great run. Had a uh, had a fantastic uh, uh, effort uh, out of the uh, out of the MEI camp, and um, just got beat out by a little tick, yeah. and uh, by a guy that uh, is coming up on the program here tonight. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. looking forward to uh, to rehashing and, and talking about uh, uh, last night's Stewart Equipment 100, and and uh, it was it was a it was a great show. Everybody got their money's worth. That's for sure. Uh, let me tell you who we got coming on this show. A busy, busy night. In uh, Canadian racing on short tracks last night, uh, clean right across the country. And we are going to get to the three top winners from across the country. Uh, starting everything out, Dylan Blankhorn is going to join us. Driver of the number 67. He got his butt back into that race car uh, first time this year. And, uh, of course, he had some burns that he had to deal with. He was going to race the IWK 250 and uh, just heartbreak for Dylan. He wasn't able to participate until last night. And, uh, man, oh, man, he went to victory lane. He did a dynamite job in that 67. We'll get to all of it. And uh, Dylan's going to join us off the hop. Then we're going to go off to Canada's West Coast. Uh, just last night, it was... The Bridge City 200 at Sutherland Automotive Speedway in Saskatoon. Uh, a super late model race deluxe. Uh, they've been working on this, the second annual. The Bridge City 200 uh, drew cars from all over Western Canada and uh, from as far away as Victoria. Uh, and, of course, we heard from Daryl last week on the show. The other two uh, from BC that I know for sure made the race, uh, the 09 of Riley Siebert, and, of course, his sidekick, his dad, Trevor Siebert, they made the haul uh, to uh, Saskatoon. And uh, sure enough, Riley Siebert, the same guy that won the Western Rattler 300 last year uh, and countless RS1 Cup races and championships, you name it, he went to victory lane in that Bridge City 200. Riley is going to join us tonight. Uh, then, how about right here in the province of Ontario? Junior mentioned it. It was the Stewart's 100, of course, the APC series. Uh, they were at Sunset Speedway. And uh, oh, what a dynamite race. We'll get into all of it. The 78 car of Joe Lawrence, past champion in the series, 
Uh, he's got an excellent uh, situation going on right now. And Joe Lawrence goes to Victory Lane at Sunset Speedway. He's going to drop on by the show. We'll catch up with him. Then we're going to talk to uh, a, a driver that did some winning at GP3R in a legend car. He also participated out there on Canada's East Coast last night in the 89 Nova Celtic Ford. It isn't Donald Chisholm. It's Danny Chisholm and really no relation other than uh, we got the same last name, all of us. Uh, but uh, Danny Chisholm. Uh, we're going to get him on the show. You're going to get a chance to meet Danny. We've had him on before, uh, but tonight uh, we're going to get him on. He's getting into more Pro Stock Tour races now. Um, he's part of the the Nova Development team, and uh, Danny doing a great job. Thought it'd be a great idea to get him on. We'll talk legends uh, and the success that he had in uh, Quebec just a week ago, and uh, then, then we'll talk about the Pro Stock Tour stuff. Another guy that I had to wedge into this show, I was so excited, Junior, when I seen Tim Tolton goes to Victory Lane in the Ontario Sportsman Series. They were at Full Throttle Speedway last night, and Tim Tolton went to Victory Lane in that three car. We're going to get him on the show here tonight. We'll fit him in and get a couple of uh, quick words with Timmy and find out how actually everything shook out, but it looks like he led a lot of laps Finally, he had a race go his way, and uh, we're going to do some celebrating with him here tonight on the show. And then, also in hour number two, we're going to get Driver the Zero in the APC series. He's also the Driver of the Zero car in the NASCAR Pinty series. Uh, it, Glenn Stars is going to join us. Of course, Glenn, the owner of uh, Shweekin Speedway, where the NASCAR Pinty series is going to roll in tomorrow and tuesday so they got double date on the dirt uh second time now the series has gone there and uh we're gonna have glenn on to sort of preview things and see how things are looking for that race of course race time radio jerry paxton and i are gonna be in the garage area tomorrow at us weekend we'll go live right here on sirius xm channel 167 from 5 to 6 p.m eastern time and we'll get you ready to go before the green flag flies in the air for race number one the nascar pindy series on the dirt uh for the second time around it's really going to be something this is going to be a good one junior yeah i'm it's uh it, it, it this has been you know obviously there was a huge build-up because when it was announced that the pindy series was going dirt uh it was you know right before the pandemic mm-hmm then we had to sit on the sidelines for two years yeah. and it never happened. Last year, it all came to fruition. And, you know, we got a chance to see what it was all about. We got a chance to see Trayton Lapsovich battle it out with Stuart Friesen. We got a chance to see those guys go five and six wide uh, down the front straight away. Um, seen lots of feelings get hurt out on the racetrack. Seen lots of celebration afterwards. Seen fireworks. Seen the whole nine yards. Now we get to do it back-to-back nights um, <laughs> this year. And and everybody's going in there with a notebook now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's going to make a big difference. It's going to make a big difference. You know, the series has got a notebook now. The, the um, you know, the drivers, the competitors have got a notebook. There's a few new names that are going to be, um, you know, uh, on the racetrack this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a bunch of returning names that are yeah. going to be on the racetrack this year. Um, by the sounds of it, about 24 cars 
Um, it might even be a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's I can guarantee be, you. It's going to be epic. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, looking forward to catching up with Glenn. He didn't have the, the outing that he wanted to uh, last night in the APC series, but right. uh, um, it will be cool. Uh, and right off the top, we got to give a big shout out. Michael McDowell went out and won the, the Cup Series race at Indy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much better can you get than that? Yeah, good for Michael. We Very will cool. get to lots here tonight, but what do you say we kick it all off with guest number one. He drives the number 67 for uh, Auto World. He also drives for Blankhorn Recyclers. Uh, he's got a pile of sponsors, and I'll tell you what, I was so excited to see him in last night's Summer Clash. The th- 250 at Scotia Speed World, he went to Victory Lane. It sounds like he went out and had a good time and just uh, sort of, it. you want to talk about a drama-filled night? The 67 of Dylan Blankhorn was the guy. Let's get into all of it. Let's welcome him in. What's going on tonight there, Dylan? How are you, man? You got to be super happy with that one. Oh, man, I'm, I'm still ecstatic. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. It's a lot better being a guest uh, as a winner than just, uh, you know, catching up and and waiting to get to the racetrack again. Well, I'll tell you what, you made that race. Uh, not only is that 250 at Scotia one that I've always, always thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, so many good competitors, so much, uh, uh, so much stuff going on around that event. Uh, it's just, just amazing. But to see you, Dylan, back into a race car was really, really welcome news. And then to see what you did over the course of the night, uh, let's set the stage. You had, a, I believe, a third-place starting position, right, for the 250? Joe, I'm, I'm still trying to process the whole, the whole race myself. It, uh, it happened so fast. Um, we struggled all day, honestly, with trying to get a feel in the car. We, we changed a lot. Um, the, the, the series went to a new shock, I believe, last year. Uh, I never raced on it. I ran a few times last year, still stayed with the old-style shock um solid it was i was lacking a little bit of speed switched uh on last last tuesday we tested on them um showed up race day started a little bit still making adjustments practice was rained out on friday we were really looking forward to trying a few other things trying to get the feel right um and just it got rained out unfortunately so we showed up kind of with a new notebook um Mm -hmm. Changed a lot of stuff, got the car what I thought was decent, and then towards the end, I think the two and the 83 set down a fast lap, and they backed it up with three or four good laps too. So I said, guys, you know what? <laughs> We're out of practice. We don't got time. Let's let's make four or five more adjustments. And and uh, we time trialed fourth. Sloan White took uh, took the, cha- the Scott Fraser challenge. Yeah. Um, started at the back. That was pretty neat. I figured he would do it. <laughs> um, moved us up to third. Um, it was just—it was just a funny race. We started. It, it was. It, we started off by. Uh, I forgot my earbuds in the in the race trailer. I didn't know. I didn't know what happened. Uh, that's that happened. I was alive. I was. I kind of felt stupid. I was standing outside of my race car. Everyone was buckled in. I was sitting there because I can't. Too big and fat now and tall and I, I, I got to put my helmet on outside the car. I can't put it on inside the car anymore. Right. Uh, so they were, I, I don't know if they, when it, what the, the, the earphones themselves still work, but we were in such a rush trying to get them on and get going. 
Um, they weren't connected all the way, and I, I, they, we had a piece of tape in between the connection, and there was no. Usually, we put a little tab on the piece of tape to, uh, so I can pull it off easy. And right. Some between the uh, the connection, and uh, so I couldn't hear. They could hear me, but I couldn't hear. Um, so I, I was going around under caution, trying to frig with that, and finally said, "Okay, well, I got to get the tape off somehow." I ended up pulling the connection out of my helmet. Oh. <laughs> So then, yeah, then it, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I ain't, I'm not going to hear now. And we went into the pits, tried to fix it, couldn't fix it. I don't know if I should tell the tour this, but uh, so I had I couldn't hear, I couldn't really hear very much uh, for the first first half of the race. Well, it cost uh, you that third starting position, right? You go in to make the repairs, and uh, consequently, you pulled off the racetrack, so you give up your third starting position. For, now you're going to start the 250 from the decision. rear. It was, it was a tough decision. We were almost thinking, you know what, no radio communication. What, what do we do? Do we park it, or do we go out and, and try to fix it the next caution? Um, anyway, you know, we're, everyone's there. We showed up to, to race, so... So we set her at the back. I followed Slon right through. Um, I think we didn't go in until about halfway through the race. We went in, and uh, and I think we were running fourth, fifth, or maybe passing Corey Hall for, for fourth or fifth, I believe. And and just as I was underneath him, um, I felt felt something break. And the, the, I figured it was like a clutch or a dry shaft or, or axle. And uh, it spun us out. And... Caution come out, went into the pits, axle, left rear axle broke. Yeah. Okay. So as we were fixing, I got out of the car, actually. I got, I got out and said, you know, we yeah. don't have an axle. Yeah. And Danny Chisholm drove in the, they, I guess they had an electrical issue maybe. I don't, I'm not too sure. But I guess I went over to George and said, hey, George, can we borrow the left rear axle to your race car? And he said, yep, go get it. So I, I think Lonnie, Lonnie Somerville was, I'm bolting the left rear axle as Danny Chisholm was taking his helmet off, getting out of the race car. And uh, so I started getting in the car. We fixed my radio, and the guys did a tremendous job on in, in the pits. They, they fixed an axle, fixed the radio in six minutes, I think, something like that. And, and of course, when an axle breaks, you know, half of it's still in the race car. So we, we took the right side out, right side axle out, and took a broom handle and uh, had to push the left side out. Uh, and, and they're doing that as, as I'm getting in the race car and, and they, they did that and we ended up going two laps down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we, we, we drove up to the field once, got the lucky dog and, and, uh, did it again. And I think a lot of the teams we were, we were, I was asking uh, my crew chief Lonnie about lap times and we were, I think it was probably lap 160, 170 mm-hmm. and we were right. Everyone by that time, everyone took the right side tires, and and we didn't, and we were running. You know, we were we were a tenth quicker than than everyone on tires. So I said, guys, you know what? If we can get our lap back, let's stay out until we get our lap back. I don't care if it's lap two hundred or lap two forty. We'll get our lap back. We will take tires, and we'll we'll let it all hang loose. And uh, I believe around lap two hundred, we got we got the second lucky dog, and we come in, put uh, put tires on it. Went around, put uh, put fuel in it again, um, and uh, we started at the back and and drove through and and a lap. Uh, I think there was fifth, fourteen or sixteen to go, and we were running fifth and and uh, there was a last restart and it just kind of 
just kind of worked in our favor. I was kind of on the bottom of the two car and I wasn't in there much, but just enough to say, you know what, there's 10, there's 10 to go in the cat 250. We're not, uh, we're not going to back out of it. And, and a hole opened up and, and we took it and I figured uh, I didn't look at my mirror much. I was just listening <laughs> to my spotter. I, I was, I knew the two car was right, right on my bumper. And I knew he was, you know, he's usually a clean race car driver. So, so, uh, but I knew it was a cat 250. He's going to give me the bumper. And, uh, we just kind of set sail and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hats off to the guys. If, 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 and then George, George Koskulik's the 89 team. If it wasn't for them guys, we wouldn't be sitting in victory lane. No, but, uh, you, you would have never got back out, right, George and uh, Larry, all the guys. I, you, the, Tim did a great job showing the action that was happening on pit road, and I couldn't believe what was unfolding. And Dylan Blankhorn, for you to come back from a two-lap deficit in a 250-lap race, and uh, 10 to go, uh, the two-car of Ashton Tucker and the uh, 08 car of Nicholas Noggle. Man, those guys were putting on a show. They were side-by-side. Side, they were worn it out, and it only took just a little bit of contact. And they didn't spin out. They just sort of drifted up the track a bit. And when I seen that, the 67 car went, here we go. And sure enough, you, uh, you, you put it right through and drove it to victory lane. The winner. Just amazing. Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, of course, uh, a lot of people know we air this on Sunday night, right? right. And then and then uh, uh, you, the listener, and the, the viewer on Rev TV, um, uh, you get to watch us on Monday. Tuesday. Or on Tuesday, rather. Yep. Um, but uh, what we should do is, is right before Dylan's you know, interview here, yeah. we should put a little disclaimer. If you have anxiety, don't listen to this, uh, you know, the first part of this interview, because my God, that is, that is an anxious, uh, you know, beginning to the race. Uh, and, and really, uh, Hold up, Joe, we'll be with you in a minute there, bud. Creating a ton of, of anxiety, um, for, for your, you and your team, Dylan. Um, that's a lot going on in a very short amount of time. And for you to be able to battle through it, I've, I've always said that if you deal a little bit of, of adversity to a team, it actually gives them a little bit of momentum, you know, like, well, uh, you know, you, 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 you take some early damage or you take a, a, you know, a, a little bit of, 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 you know, turmoil at the beginning of the race. And it gives you that, that, that little bit of, of grit, I guess, or determination to, to get back up there. You got your fair share though, of, of determination there. That was, that was a lot. <laughs> Budget. It was a lot of there was a lot of th things that came into factor. It was uh, well, my my own first race of the season mm -hmm. for the pro stock. Um, many late nights getting it ready. I forgot honestly. I've been out of the game so long. Yeah. How much dang work these things take to get fast. Um, and uh, the cat two fifty, the, the the radio issue, going down two laps, the axle. You know, we weren't going to, when that hole opened up, I I, I wasn't going to back out of it. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Dylan, are you back in the car? Riverside is up next. Are you going to be back in the race car come this weekend at Riverside? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. I, I do I do got another commitment, but uh, after uh, I told uh, the guys want to go real bad, and I said, well, you know what, before the race, I said, uh, they kind of asked, well, what are you going to do, Dylan? I said, well, you know what, well, if I win this race, we'll talk. <laughs> so, oh well, they were 
Well, Dylan, you won the race, so so let's talk. Well, that's the way to do it. Dylan, we can't thank you enough for the time tonight. Uh, congratulations on the 250 win. I know we could talk to you for two hours, but it was uh, that good of a race. Uh, but we appreciate your time, and uh, uh, just uh, good luck this weekend. We'll be watching, see if you get into that car at Riverside. Sure. Uh, th- that would be another one. Uh, it, it, it would fit you like a glove, buddy. Yeah, I miss that place. I really want to go back. I bet. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, we'll catch up with you real soon, I can well imagine. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Dylan Blankhorn, uh, just one of those guys. I'll tell you what, that was an exciting one. Good news is, all the Rev TV viewers, you're going to be able to see that race. Uh, Tim's Corner, he got it all done. Uh, he did a great job uh, w- with the broadcast, and I know that will come up for re-air on Rev TV Canada. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Trust me, when that one comes up, you want to watch the uh, Summer Clash from Scotia Speed World in the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. We're going to hit a quick break, and when we come back, I believe uh, we're, we're going to probably see Riley, Riley Siebert and then Joe Lawrence right after that. We will be back. Hey, race fans, Tim Colton, the driver of the number three Monte Carlo. You're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast, to coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your quick, quick fire starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick, quick fire starters. No harmful chemicals and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick, quick fire starters. The world's best fire starter. The biggest names. Ryan Day, head coach of Ohio State. The national championship winning head coach of the Baylor Bears. Scott Drew joins us. The biggest games. This is the biggest game in the history of the Final Four. The biggest moments. The last number one seed is the nation's number one team. Delivered right to you, wherever you are. I can't even wrap my head around it. Sirius XM College Sports Radio, Channel 84, and streaming on the SXM app. Included in our trials and popular plans. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents Driving Tips. Tip number one. When you shift the gear and that little needle on the tack goes into the red and reads, 9,000 RPM, that's bad. 
And that was tonight's driving tip from Race Time Radio. Now, back to more Smokin' Joe. And welcome back, one and all, all live tonight on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks, and absolutely hello to everybody well, I tuned in on Rev TV Canada. It was a busy, busy weekend in racing across Canada. All the short tracks were in action. Uh, tonight, we're focusing in on those big races and uh, listening to Dylan Blankhorn winning the 250 at Scotia Speed World. Uh, they had a great car count. Two, uh, two, 23 cars took the green flag. It was a dynamite race. Uh, as mentioned, you don't want to miss that when it comes up on uh, Rev TV uh, for Rear Air. You don't want to miss it. Also, a huge race happened the Bridge City 200 out in Saskatoon. It was Sutherland Automotive Speedway. And uh, they were, this was the second annual uh, 200 out there in Saskatoon. And uh, the guy that went to Victory Lane. Not from Saskatoon. He's all the way from BC. And uh, he went out there and did a great job. Won himself the race. His name is Riley Sieber, driver of the 09. He joins us now on the old Zoom line. What's going on there, Ry? How you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic. How about you, Joe? Fantastic. Man, you put a great race together last night in that 09 car. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was an awesome night. We, uh... <clears throat> We went out for the Friday practice and, of course, the Saturday practice and the race. And uh, the the team worked extremely hard. We had a little bit of battles through the practices and stuff like that, trying to get the setup right. And then also uh, ground the teeth off of a ring gear for the starter. So we had uh, some mechanical stuff there and got that changed. Uh, had to run around and find a ring gear in Saskatoon and uh, got that changed out. And then, of course, yeah, uh, the night started off really well with uh, a, a position two and qualifying. And then I... I uh, took over the lead in the heat race from Tyler Eamon there and, and came home P1 in the heat, and that put me on the pole for the main race. And, and then from there, I just kind of cruise controlled. But, yeah, it was it was an unbelievable night. Yeah, you hung around in the top five pretty well the whole race. I'm following along on race monitor, so I'm getting everything lap by lap. I ended up picking the race up at the halfway break. So I'm looking at the rundown, 100 laps complete. I think 18 cars were still on the lead lap at that point. I'm looking at yeah. it, and uh, so I go back and try to have a quick peek on, you know, how the races transpired. There's There was different leaders. You led a little bit of it, and then uh, it seemed like those restarts, someone else would take control, and you hung out right in there. I might add, you did have the fastest lap of the day, on lap 157, everybody else's fast lap was, you know, in the first, I don't know, 30 laps. Not you, Riley Siebert. You popped it off at like 157. I couldn't believe that. Uh, pretty cool stat. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> my crew chief came unglued on me there too because he, he uh, you know, it, I was under conservation. I, you know, I led them to the green and I, and I led for a little bit and then Tyler just showed a, a ton of pace. And he wanted to go, so I was like, "Okay, well, go go ahead, man." And 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 then um, uh, what's his name, uh, Max Howlett there as well. He was running second, and then uh, Admiral got me, and uh, and and so then I found, kind of found a hole in the pack there, you know, in in fourth, and it was comfortable. The pace was fine. I could I could keep them within you know the the range of going to get them if I needed to. I also had some room behind me, so it was a real perfect spot to just put some laps in, take care of the car. 
and and just you know get those tires to the late stages of the race where um i thought that that that's where the moves were going to be right and and so i let those guys pace the race and and there's yeah there's some exchanges you know traded traded some paint with admiral had some fun with him you know of course with tyler and and then also matt shirley uh late in the race all of a sudden showed up um alex in the 15 car he all of a sudden took the lead late in the race uh it, it was you know a super super fun race um it was fairly clean everybody ran pretty respectfully uh ton of speed lots of fast cars great drivers but um like you said on lap 157 that just shows how much i took care of the tires because um when it was time to go time to go i put the visor down and, and the car was there and all of a sudden bang we we put off like four laps in a row of the fastest laps right right late late race and that shows how, how much we took care of the stuff Absolutely. That's uh, that's a true testament to how, how much you saved. We talked about this this very thing last night in the APC race. You know, on the flip side of that, it shows that you understand how to conserve because with these pro late models today, um, you know, there's there's a fine line between saving and going too slow and 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 hurting the car in a different way, right? Like you, you need to still set the nose, uh, and, and maintain the grip on the tire so that you're not sliding a different tire than normal, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny because people think that, you know, conserving means going slower. Well, nine times out of 10, you actually maintain the speed. It's just, you're being easier and you're not sliding the tire. Right. If you, if you try to lift earlier and not go into the corner as hard, you can slide the left front now as opposed to the right front, and now you grow your or you grow your stagger in a different way than you normally would, and then you fade even faster at the end. Yeah, yeah. So it shows that that number one, Riley, you know, you did conserve, but it shows that you understand how to conserve as well, right? And and that's a that's a big thing. Um, Riley, talk a little bit about the track with a pro late model. I know that you you have spent some time there with the the heavier style car with the RS1 car. I know that you've you know uh, I, I believe that you were on the racetrack with a Pinty's car. Is that your first trip there with a pro late model? Yes, my first trip with the pro late. So I I did a couple of races there in the uh, kind of 2011, 12, 13 era when I was running lots with Pinty's. Ran you know those big heavy cars. Ran the RS1 race there last year, and then this was the first pro late uh, race that I had been to out there. Um, definitely a little more of an on-edge track uh, in a pro late. You know, those pro lates are just so fine-tuned to turn left uh, that, you know, we were talking about the fast line on that track seems to be about a tire width or two wide. Like, it's not very, you can't really deviate from it much. Right. Um, it really, the geometry on it really kind of, if you miss it by just a little bit, you miss it by a mile kind of thing, If it feels like. Uh, and, you know, long straightaways, trying to carry that speed and stuff like that, and then long sweeping corners. So, and, and I focused on, like you said, Joe, um, and we talked about this last year after the 300. Uh, I I was following them and I was watching their rear tires and I was looking under the rear tires and I was watching the black marks, the tracks that they were leaving on corner exit. And I was watching the course they were taking and they were really driving a circular exit and they were leaving these big black tracks behind the cars, all all the top four or three cars. And and I would I changed my corner to be a heavier braking corner to 
use the right front more and to save the right rear for later in the race because i knew that because they were using that much i was going to use that end of the car i was going to save that end of the car for the later on and it, it proved to work because i just started to drive away from them at the end with the drive off the corner um and of course you know you wear out a right front uh yeah okay but what you can do is you can dial a bunch of rear brake into it and you can just kind of get that thing to move in the middle of the corner and, and then get it pointed and now you've saved your rears and you just make sure it's pointing the right direction and squeeze that throttle on and and that was the plan, and that and it just it worked out perfectly. That that they kind of went for that move and and used up the rears, and and you know I was at the end of the race. The crew chief was telling me I was a half a tenth or a half a second faster than some of the guys on the track. It was it was insane. I yeah. wouldn't doubt it, and that's breaking it down, right? That is a true short track professional when you're picking up on things as mentioned, Riley, uh, and adjusting your driving style. And putting, you know, like how many guys would actually be able to break the race down as Riley's describing? I'm going to use the right front, but I'm going to put more rear into it. And then I'll start using a different tire on the car. That's pretty intricate. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that will win your races. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, when you when you look at, at the, you know, the overall, it's funny because there's multiple ways of doing it, right? And and the last couple of years, we've seen this in the Pinty series, right? Um, it, it seems like, you know, and, and you kind of touched on the era uh, in the 2012 to 2014 range. Um, it, that's when the, the Pinty series took a huge turn, right? Lacroix and, and Dumoulin and Ranger and those guys on a road course began to push the thing for the entire race. Right. And, and, and you know, it, it seemed like it was, you know, right before then, you know, it was only like a four or five year span before then the guys would go out there and they'd be like two seconds off the pace because they're trying to save for the end. Right. Right. And, but, but they figured out how to push to the absolute limit for the entire race. And, and that is the, you know, when you, when you look at the super late models at, at uh, five flag speedway, when you look at, like for the derby those guys are, are that way as well right like it's uh you know they they have figured out a way to maximize every stitch of rubber that's underneath that car and and every stitch of brake that's under the car as well um you know when when you get done with the race everything is wore out <laughs> and and uh um you know but but you didn't give anything up during the race and and that's the uh that's the crucial part riley uh you you touched on the the fine groove um it, talk a little bit about the differences between a lightweight race car and a heavyweight race car with a big motor uh on that racetrack um is it more fun with a lighter weight race car or more fun with a heavy race car with with big motor uh, you know, the, the, the prolate is, and the RS1s are very similar being, you know, the weight wise, you know, the prolates are weighing in at 2,800 pounds, uh, driver in the, their RS1s are weighing in probably around there to driver in, um, the, the NASCAR guys are probably 3,200, 3,300 pounds, somewhere like that driver in full of fuel. Um, in those bigger cars, it, you know, um, I find that the, the momentum and, and, I don't know. It's like driving a big rig compared to driving uh, a light car down the highway. You just, you have to manage so much more weight that your rolling uh, center matters so much more to keep that weight in movement. 
Mm -hmm. So you don't have to use so much of the tire in the engine. Um, and then when you get into a lighter car, you're now into that bracket where you're like, okay, yeah, that's still important, but you're braking and your acceleration. Now that you have less weight, you can push that more because you're trying to slow down less weight and accelerate less weight. So now you're into a more intricate uh, pedal um, feel and pedal uh, discipline, I feel, with a, with a lighter car. Uh, um, and you learn that actually in sprint cars. I learned that in sprint cars. Super light, ton of horsepower, right? And so guys think you drive a sprint car like you see on dirt, like just wide open all sideways and really graphic and fun looking and stuff like that. When you get on asphalt, the fast guys are actually the opposite. They barely wiggle the car. They're super smooth. You can barely hear them transition on the pedals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it, you know what? If you just learn these different things from the different types of cars and what weight means and throttle means and all that kind of stuff, it starts to tie together, and that's what I'm doing now in, my, in you know my racing career. Well, you did a dynamite job in the Bridge City 200. I can tell you that you've won some real iconic races in the last couple of years, Riley, and uh, it says a lot about you as a competitor. It says a lot about that race team that you got assembled there too. You guys are hitting your mark, and that's exactly what you needed to do. And I might add, probably feels pretty good to one up that 69 car. Uh, the guy that you, you're always racing against, that 69 guy, uh, probably feels pretty good to just one-up him one more time. Oh, well, I mean, he, of course, right? <laughs> like, if he... <laughs> uh, yeah, he still still hasn't much to say today, does he? It is. Uh, it was, uh, you know what, he had a tough night. He, he tried to, um, I guess your strategy was more to kind of put in laps and, and, and hang out and stuff like that, and, and it was the right strategy, but the restart's just, you know, it's not a two-line racetrack, and he kept getting hung out to the to the outside and, and kind of getting screwed on the restarts. And then there was some fumbling in the timing and scoring. It seemed like some guys that were involved in the yellows were supposed to go to back and ended up in front of him and stuff like that. So uh, Dad didn't really have much luck on his side last night, it didn't seem like. and and uh, But fortunately, we were able to, to go out and at least get one of us to the front um, of the race and stuff like that and have a bit of fun so we could uh, be out in uh, victory lane. Yeah, and that's the cool part, Riley. doesn't matter whether it's Trevor or Riley Siebert. You guys do uh, not only father and son, but you're also really good uh, teammates to one another. I can guarantee uh, that that would have been a lot of fun to be at that racetrack last night watching the race, uh, the Bridge City 200. Sounds like it was a barn burner. Hopefully we can get out to it next year. Uh, would you go back? Are you going to go back? You're going to have to now. I, I got a message from Matt Shirley. He said, that 09 car was not only a rocket, but Riley Siebert's the real deal, man. He's a great driver. That's, that's pretty cool when you get guys like Matt saying that. That finished second to you. Uh, they'd love to have you back, I bet. Oh, it, it, you know, it's that's a huge compliment to hear that from a competitor um, that finished second to say something like that. You know, Matt's... I, I met Matt last year at the 300. Of course, we knew his, his dad, Dan, from, from back in the day from the Casker and Ascar stuff. And uh, I only met Matt last year. And he's, he's you know, he's also the real deal. And, you know, he's doing more for the sport than most drivers are. He's out there helping promote. He's bringing fans to the track. He's got his car in front of, you know, out in displays, selling tickets, doing all kinds of stuff. That guy, every time I see his social media post, he is doing everything to get fans to the track. And to build a following. So, I mean, big hats off to him. And, and of course, it's just like it's the biggest compliment to have a, a competitor respect you like that. And, and of course, you know, I, I feel like I am uh, one of the best or the best in Western Canada right now. And, 
um, now that I got two, two out of two for the big Western races. And, and if, you know, we're, we went out there to show support of the Sutherland group um, because we expect them from the Penticton Speedway side to come out to our facility and, and support our big race. So it was good to go out there. And uh, I know we mentioned it in the elevator at the hotel that the, uh, the IWK is uh, the next on the bucket list. <laughs> Um, so, and I know I mentioned that last year, but we, yeah. uh, we just got to commit to it cause it is a long tow for us. It's, oh, it's yeah. coast to coast and, and, uh, hopefully I can get out for that one here and, and, uh, see how I measure up against those guys as well. Hey, final in- question for you. We got a rule. Final question for you. What's your next race, bud? Uh, so I'm, I'm missing the, the RS1 race cause I got a friend getting married, unfortunately, but, uh, we have the, uh, the Harvest 200 coming up at Penticton Speedway at the end of September, so we're inviting everybody to come out to that, putting some money together, and that all the details will be coming out on Penticton Speedway there and the social media. So expect to see a 200 lap at at uh, the end of September, and hopefully, uh, again, me at the top of it. Oh, that'll be cool. I know we'll get uh, all the information. We'll get it out to absolutely everybody coast to coast right here on Race Time. Congratulations on the big win, Riley. Uh, good job. Uh, take care of that uh, th- th- that crew guy beside you, and uh, don't don't be uh, resting on your lawyer laurels because they'll tell you what that '69 car is going to be gunning for you the next time out. Oh yeah, you get the chip on his shoulders. Thanks, Joe. Thanks to Avian Motorsports, Penticton Speedway, Sutherland, Sutherland Automotive, uh, all the guys out there, my crew, Jeff, Matt, Dalen, and uh, everybody who's worked hard on this program has been amazing. Awesome job. That's Riley Siever driving the 09, the 2023 winner of the Bridge City 200. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, another iconic Canadian winner. He did it last night at Sunset Speedway in the APC Series. Joe Lawrence is going to join us on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Hey, race fans, this is Trevor Bain, and I'm glad you're listening to Race Time Radio. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents Driving Tips with Smoke and Joe. Tip number 12. Never question your crew chief's methods in his quest for total race perfection. Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! And that was tonight's driving tip from Race Time Radio. Now, back to more Smokin' Joe. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight, all live on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks, as you know, every Sunday night from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sirius XM. Let's get back to the Zoom line, shall we, and bring in our next iconic Canadian winner. He did it last night at Sunset Speedway. The number 78 of Joe Lawrence went to victory lane, and what a race. At the end of this one, I'll tell you what, the fans were on their feet. The 78 was uh, up on the wheel, I can guarantee that. Let's welcome him in, Joe Lawrence. What's going on? How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Man, what a race. Uh, that was a good one last night. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a good way to end the race. Uh, definitely for the fans, put it on the show. Uh, love to see races like that play out. Joe, you made good forward progress pretty well all night. Uh, it, it was a uh, it was a good, clean race by all intents and purposes. ABC has been really lighting a lamp this year. I've been waiting for the wheels to fall off. Uh, it, it happens, right? Uh, in racing, uh, it, it just seems there's that odd night, and then everything just seems to go wrong. But uh, the teams in APC this year, last year, uh, they've really, really ramped it up. You guys have really ramped it up, and uh, they're professional short track races, no doubt at all. Uh, definitely, just like I would agree. You know, I think we're seven races in now and six different winners. That's uh, that's a lot of talent in the field. Joe, it, it's been a year for you. you. You got the car put together, the 78. You are a past champion in the series and a multiple winner. Uh, it, it's tough to win these races. You got a car put together this year. You and your brother do an outstanding job in this sport, uh, I might add. Not just in pro late model, uh, w- with all the uh, bone stock stuff you got going on at Delaware Speedway, the entertainment value is over the top. 
But you guys have got the Prolate model team put together, the 78. Um, uh, it, it's amazing uh, to, to watch the forward progress that you guys have been making. Uh, and y you keep getting thrown curveballs, and you keep taking that curveball and either hitting it out of the park or uh, you know, getting it ready to go out of the park. What's it like being uh, that guy in the 78? What's it like? Uh, it's definitely an honor um, just to, to race at this level and to do it with the group we're doing it with. Uh, you know, it, it's really brought the fun back into it. Um, APC is such a high competition level. You know, it's, it, you want to have fun when you're going racing, but you got to be serious when it comes to wanting to contend for wins at, at this level. So definitely to, to do it with the group of friends we have and, you know, the, the work we put in, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's not often you can be at the shop like three o'clock in the morning and we're still laughing and joking about things. And then, then eventually one of us says we, we need to go to bed and we do that. But, uh, it's, it's just been a ton of fun uh, this year working with friends and family and just the program that we've put together. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better one. So Sunset Speedway is where the race was last night. It was the Stewart's 100. Uh, Josh Stoddy set fast time once again. That's two poles in a row for the 17 car. Uh, he, he looked fantastic all night long. Um, uh, it didn't look like anybody was going to have anything for him at the end. But as the race started to progress, I'm watching the 78 car and you're coming. And it's a, it, it just amazing to watch the progression. And uh, we get to the closing laps of the race. A caution comes out, I believe, with five to go. And I didn't know whether Josh was going to take the low side or take the high side. And, uh, man, the way it unfolded, I don't think there was a, a wrong answer or even a right answer for that fact on whether you go high or low because it looked like the 78 car was really good either up or down. Was it? Uh, yeah, we had, um, we had a really good car. I was, I was really happy with it. Uh, definitely, I got to give hats off to that 17 team that they had the car to beat last night. There's no doubt about that. Um, the cautions, unfortunately, didn't work for them. It worked for us. Um, it's, it sucks to be in that position. Uh, I know how they feel. I've, I've felt it a couple times this year, and, you know, that's, that's a part of racing. There's, there's not just uh, fast car winning races or fast drivers winning races. you got to have everything go, go right for you. So, you know, it worked out. I would, I would definitely agree with you. I don't think there was a, a right or wrong decision um on that restart uh, that that would be a flip of the coin i think it could have gone either way even if you know with that inside i needed to beat them through one and two if i didn't beat them through one and two it probably would have played out with the 17 crossing the line first uh, same thing on the top side if i it, it was really to my opinion whoever got through one and two and had the advantage going into three was probably going to get away for those five laps. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's a stretch in saying if that final caution didn't come out, Josh Stoddy was probably going to win that race, Junior. It was, uh, you guys were right on. Yeah, I think so, too. Josh and I had a conversation there uh, today um, he, just to recap the race and just to kind of rehash it. And, and we talked about it. It's 
it, it proves, you know, the amount of of uh, respect that both Joe has for Josh and Josh has for Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not not to be the nice guy on the racetrack and give him anything, no, no. but but also not to take away from anything. You know, it's uh, you know that Joe is going to take every inch that he's going to be able to, and sure. you know that Josh is going to do the exact same. Um, it, we talked about it. He's like, should I have taken the bottom? And I said, the only way that you would have got him is if you would have drove in and and used eight tires is better than four. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I said, you're not gonna you're not gonna do that to Joe. And but it goes to prove how much Josh trusts in Joe to not do the same thing that he did that he did take the top, you right. know. So um, they they raced it out, and when you race it out, sometimes it it, it doesn't go your way. And he, he's like, I, I rolled into the throttle off of two, and and he's like, I knew right then I I had given it up. You know, just because <laughs> he 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 just rolled into the throttle just a little bit too hard, and and. Joe, you landed the power where Josh didn't, and and you you, you know subsequently you you landed it and and uh, and took the lead and and the only way that Josh was going to get you was to drive through you and and he's like I'm not going to do that yeah you know and but it goes to prove and show the the level of respect that the entire series has you know and and has been racing with this year um, you know we've talked about it on the show. I think every competitor has talked about it, you know, one-on-one. Um, you know, obviously you see incidents on the racetrack still. You know, it's Sobble. <laughs> Danny Benedict and, and Josh got into it. Um, you know, you, you, you still see incidents on the racetrack, none of which are are malicious in any way. No, no. They're, it's they're hard racing, racing incidents. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, when you look at, at Joe's program, when you look at Josh's program, when you look at Steckley's program, when you look at JR's program – Man, the times once they settled out and and Josh had a you know five six car length lead, once everybody settled out, everybody was turning the exact same lap times, mm. like within thousands of a second. Right, and uh, it was uh, it was an incredible race. I think every fan there, even though a car led for that many laps, there was still great racing front to back. And uh, Joe, you uh, you guys definitely went out and earned it. The storyline couldn't get any better, you know. Obviously, blowing up at Sobel and coming back and battling for the win, and uh, and you know, there, there's a cool storyline there as well that they talked about lots last night. But it, Tom Gibbons, a competitor of yours, gave you a motor, not gave you a motor, but but you lent know, you one. lent you one or, or sold you one or however it worked. Um, but but a, a competitor stepped up and helped you guys get to the racetrack and. Um, man, it was it, it. Last night had all the makings of a special race, and and uh, great great job, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, just to go for uh, a deal with Tom Gibbons, just it is crazy the respect that people have for each other. You know, we go on track. Everybody wants to win. That's what we're here to do. Um, but off the track, we're friends. We have drinks with each other. You know, like. It's not often I would expect a competitor to walk up and say, I got a motor for you to use, get the car back out. Um, so it, it, it's crazy just to be involved in such a such a good series, really. And yeah, the respect on and off the track is has been really, really good this year. Uh, like Joe said, just the, the side-by-side racing that you can have with people 
for multiple laps and you know you're gonna you're gonna rub you're gonna touch a little bit here like you said you're you're out there taking as much as you can but with so much respect while doing it yeah 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 and you can see it on the track did you come away joe uh with the points lead or have you been looking at points are you close uh i was told i was three back um i'm not i'm not sure what it actually is i was just told that um i don't I don't really pay attention to the points too much. I've always been a guy that if you go out and do your job, win races, you're probably going to be there. So, you know, to me, it's it's a matter of two races left and trying to bring home two checkered flags. And really, I think that might be a very hard task with, uh, with the series and what they're doing right now. Um, I know that 17 car is going to be fast to Sobble. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> Well, and you're no slouch at Sauble, Joe. Uh, the 78 car was really good there last time. I've seen you run some fantastic races at the beach. Uh, you're, you, everything's clicking. Crew-wise, have you got the same crew assembled that you did when you won the championship? Uh, no, there there are parts that are still there. Um, but that was kind of the big thing. Uh, I worked a lot with Paul at the track uh, in 2020. Uh, moving forward from 2020 to 2021, uh, we had to have him do more customer work as far as the business, which is you know the way it should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, you know, it hurt my program in the sense of I needed to replace him and get someone who was knowledgeable enough to make these adjustment calls and. I don't think I like I can I can do it. Um, I don't think I'm that bad. <laughs> but <laughs> no, you're pretty good. When it comes, yeah, when it comes to APC, it's so hard because you get thirty minutes of practice each session. So as a as a driver, if you're attempting to be your own crew chief too, mm-hmm. you know you, you can't really get out of the car, look at everything, run around it, make all these changes, and hop back in. And it, and you can do that and be good. But I can't expect to do that and be as good as these guys who have people that they need to have. You know, races are one in the shop. You got to have a good crew at the track to get it done. Driver is the last piece of the puzzle. So, you know, you got to complete the puzzle and you got to do it in order. You got to be ready when you leave the shop. You got to have the guys there that are there to support you and there to do what they need to do. And then last step of it is the driver getting it done for everyone else. So that was kind of what I lost. So when I took a year off, that was kind of the goal was to rebuild what we needed to do, go back a couple steps, put the people in place that we needed. Um, and I was really happy. Um, the Chapmans who were racing Sobble a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully going to be back out. He just finished off knee surgery. So I crazy for them and i have to a lot of appreciation the fact that jane went in for surgery on thursday before the sobble apc race and he was dead committed to being there to help make the program what it is so for the chapmans that was a big add to our team obviously chris sarah uh, they're doing an awesome job getting everything done for me um todd uh we have Jay, Jay and his boy came on. Um, I don't know 
I haven't seen that many kids work as hard as Jay's boy does. Uh, so it's crazy to see him there. And he was, he was really happy last night. So it was a, it was a really good time to get a win for us. Definitely helps the momentum side of things. But yeah, that, that's probably the craziest thing is just, you know, you, you look at the drivers and you, you expect these guys to be up front, but you don't really look at the background of just how important all the people are behind them that are also helping get the job done. Oh, yeah. You take one little part out of that whole nucleus and uh, you, you got something that doesn't work the way it should. And uh, you guys definitely lit the lamp last night and you've been doing it all year. Kind of cool to watch. And I know fans are getting their money's worth when you roll in, Joe Lawrence. It's cool. Hit those sponsors because they know they mean a ton on that 78 car. Oh, definitely. So I, I still got to thank my mom, uh, even though we lost her motor. Uh, she's supported us since day one of our racing careers entirely. Um, really, I can blame her for me starting racing. Uh, she might blame me because I wrecked enough stuff in our yard in front of her that she told me I need something with a roll cage and a racetrack to be on. So I, I suppose that might be my fault, but she got me into racing to start it all. So uh, I really thank her for the support through the entire career, not even just this year. And then uh, Chris and Sarah, uh, they're, uh, Chris owns the car. Um, I, I think he's having fun doing it. Sometimes he might not be able to tell, but he's you having think? fun. You <laughs> <laughs> think? Obviously, he's that fence last night. <laughs> he's got his hands full with his 15 bone stock cars that he tries to put on track every week. Um, it's a, it's a good thing that the track's only 15 minutes away from him because he's made a couple trips to drop off a couple cars and vice versa on the way home. Um, and again, that's a, that's a that is a fun program to see to see something out there that you can you know 300 400 dollars to hop in a car and go racing for a night. That's that's tough to be. That's a fun night. Just show up, learn a ton, and it's a great program. And I hope he he gets it to the point of where he wants to his vision, what he sees in it. Uh, and then obviously uh, Paragon, uh, Jamie Sutton really uh, stepped up partway through the year to help us get to the end. And when this motor let go, he was one of the first to call and say, Hey, what, what do we need to, uh, to get this done with well, three races? What do we got to do? So um, I don't even know how to explain how appreciative I am to him for that. Um, and then obviously Nick gets Great Lakes Concrete. Uh, honestly, that's where my late model career started was with him. So it's really just just to have someone that's not only supporting me, but uh, someone like Nick who's been there since day one and uh, was able to come back on board is great. Uh, I want to shout out to him and Mia who just got married recently. It was, uh, it was a beautiful wedding. <laughs> Had lots of fun there with them, uh, so really happy to see see what they're doing with their next chapter in life. And uh, really, APCs helped out um, not only just with my my program, but the entire series. You know, it, it's a lot to again. It's all the background stuff. There's so much that goes on to to put these races and these events together at at this level. Um, so I appreciate everyone involved on the APC side to just 
give us a series to run and a program to be a part of. You bet. Well, this has been great catching up with you tonight. We genuinely appreciate the time uh, and coming on. Uh, we'll get to you in a minute here, uh, Danny. Can I get you to drop back out for a sec? We're just uh, finishing it up with uh, with Joe Lawrence. But, uh, Joe, thanks so much for the time tonight on Race Time. And I know uh, we look forward to getting you back on this show. You got two more to win, buddy. Maybe you'll be back up uh, before we know it. Sound good? I hope so. Next time I'll be a little more prepared with this whole technology stuff. Hey, we're all learning. That's that's the whole deal. Racing is what you guys do. Uh, and you know what? We're learning. I'm a radio guy, and we're trying to do it on TV. So, hey, we're all getting there. Joe, thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on the win, and I look forward to seeing you at the next one, bud. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. You bet. Joe Lawrence, driver of the 78. They don't make him much better than that guy right there, Joe. No, and, and really, he's still a young cat. You know, when you look at uh, his start, he he talked about it with uh, with with Nick Getz. And, you know, he Nick Getz just had a backup car and said, hey, do you want to jump in this thing? And, yeah. and he went out there and he started winning then, and he hasn't stopped. Yeah. And uh, uh, just continually snowballing. Um, the guy is, uh, is so talented behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he places the race car in the right spots at the right time. And, and, uh, he's, he's aggressive, but he's smart. He brings it home straight, you know, for the most part. And, and, uh, you know, just, uh, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, in, in 25 years, we're all going to look back and be like that Joe Lawrence guy. Um, you know, I remember when he was just starting out and, yeah. and winning, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's going to be a part of this deal for a long time. And he and, is, um, he, you know, he talked about Paul and the young, the young youth movement that McCall has kind of put in place over there. Um, there's a lot of youth, um, you know, in the McCall camp right now, um, that, uh, is just going to build that program into the future and, and, uh, uh, hats off to Joe, obviously, uh, it's a bitter pill for me. You know, I, I wanted to <laughs> yeah. win with that 17 car last night. We've had a slump of a year, but, yeah. uh, um, hey, you can't take anything away from Joe Lawrence no, no. and his team. And, and you'll get another kick of that the can awesome. come to beach. It was, it was a great great race, and, and uh, hats off to all of them. I said last night in the truck I was going to call him uh, uh, Helio Castro Lawrence uh, <laughs> when we introduced him because yeah. he climbed the fence. But uh, yeah, yeah. we didn't. Uh, we never, never got a chance to call him Helio. But uh, Next time. Next time. Sounds good. Let's get to our next guest, shall we? Uh, busy night on the show. This next driver, he did some winning a week ago at uh, GP3R. And, of course, he got back into a pro stock for the second time in the 250 out at Halifax. I couldn't wait to get Danny Chisholm on this show. We need to talk to this driver. I've been watching him since he stepped into a bandolero and started his racing career. I look at him now, and I can't believe how far Danny Chisholm has come, and he joins us now on the Zoom line. What's going on today there, Dan? How you doing? Pretty good, Joe. Just uh, kind of unwinding, I guess you could say, after the big weekend. Um, no, it's uh, it's been great. The summer's gone really well so far, and... Uh, yeah, I can't really complain. Yeah, lots of races still to come. You've done a lot this year. Let's talk about GP3R. I, I'm flipping through Facebook, and all of a sudden I thought, geez, that ever looked like Danny Chisholm. And it is. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't. I thought, were you in some sort of a road car? What kind? 
I didn't know what you were in winning. I didn't know the legend cars were there, uh, but they were at GP3R. And, of course, you went to Victory Lane. How did you like running around that uh, road course, street course? Yeah, I mean, it was super, super fun. We got to go last year, and there wasn't that much for um, for legend cars of our style. But uh, I got some laps in on the track and, and had a blast. And, you know, the atmosphere there is like – it's honestly unlike anything I've got to experience. It's very different from, I I don't know if uh, it's just the road course racing side or what, but it's very different from from the oval shows at least that I'm used to. And it was cool to get to meet all these new different people that you never really see. It's kind of a different side of motorsports. And uh, yeah, we after last year we were like we have to go back, and it was a little bit more. Uh, kind of talked up in the u.s legend car world so there was some more competition i think we had seven cars mm-hmm. um in our class and then they of course they um it was multi-class so they had the the quebec legend cars and they had um uh mod lights there too so there was i think 40 cars or so in the field in total wow. so it was a good it was good racing yeah 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 and that you know what danny you need a page like this in your book uh you're not going to be one of these drivers that's uh just going to be happy running a Saturday night program at your local racetrack. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But Danny Chisholm, you're not going to be that guy. You are going to advance in this uh, in, in this whole spectrum of racing. And uh, you're going to need road course experience. I can see you one day going all the way up the ladder. Uh, and uh, it's uh, you need races like you ran, uh, GP3R. Uh, you need races like you ran on Saturday night. Let's talk about the 250. I know it didn't go the way you wanted, but what actually happened? Because uh, things were looking really good for the 89 Nova Celtic Ford. Yeah, I mean, honest, honestly, when we uh, we went testing earlier in the week, um, and the car was really, really fast, and I was pretty excited. I thought, you know, I thought we really had a good chance at it, and. Uh, I mean, with the with the previous race that we got to run, finishing third and everything, the expectations were pretty high, I'd say, on my end at least. Um, and I thought that uh, with the speed we had in the car, that we were going to have a good opportunity to be there at the end. Um, we worked on it all through practice, and we had a decent qualifying effort. I mean, in my years of racing, I really haven't uh, done much for qualifying, so it was kind of getting thrown to the wolves, as they say, but... Uh, Got it, got it all settled out, and I think we ended up fifth and qualified right behind Dylan Blankhorn, who was just on the show, and he ended up winning. So, I mean, honestly, we had a good starting spot and everything. Rolled to third, I think, within the first and ran there for the first 30 laps. And then uh, we came in to pit because we were just struggling with the handling and with the long, long, long race, we wanted to get the car kind of settled out and work on it. So we had something for the end. And uh, just rolling around, kind of waiting for – waiting for people to start falling out of the race and we just had an electrical issue and it it kind of killed the motor and we worked on it for a bit but just couldn't get it f- figured out um i guess we'll debrief on monday and kind of go at it and see what we can find but no i was super happy with the speed i mean george and donald and the whole crew worked really hard and brought me something that i uh, could compete with and and kind of try to see if i can go up there and get it done Oh, man, you got to pinch yourself every now and then to say, is this real? Uh, You've been doing a great job, and you don't get opportunities like you're getting without having uh, oodles of talent. 
and uh, you, you know the appreciation for the sport and uh, to be driven, and that that's got you written all over it. Uh, you've done it in a uh, Bandolero, uh, you moved on into Legend Cars. You're a winner in that, and to now be into the pro stock end of things on a limited basis and a development. Uh, does it uh, is it something, Dan, that a you aspire to do, and b you're looking at this going, yep, this is the path. Yeah, definitely. I mean, most most opportunities I've had all the way up through, even in Bandoleros and into Legend Cars, I kind of had to start off. I mean, my first Legend Car that I ran was just something that we kind of threw together. It had an old 1200 motor and something we kind of dug out of the backwoods. But uh, I've never really been able to just immediately get into a series and be in good equipment. And uh, so I've always kind of had the, you know, looking for that top 10 to first begin with maybe a top five and then after a year or two get get a win but to go to go in the equipment that i'm in and and in such a high level i mean donald and george work work so hard to uh to make sure that everything's top notch and it's really all up to me when we get to the racetrack and that makes it so much more uh it's actually less stressful because i'm not so worried about the car i know that i have something that can win and i know i just need to focused on myself and work on myself and make sure that I uh, do everything right. And I know that that win will come. Uh, I know this is a different, this is a different level, you know, in in different metrics, but it's kind of the Ross Chastain model, right? It's uh, Ross Chastain, you know, he, he, he wasn't in the top equipment. He, he had to learn how to get the most out of what he could and then, and then, you know, get the most out of what he could the next time. And, 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 you know, just kind of snowball, but, that also, there's a lot of merit to that, and and there's a tremendous amount of value to that. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of people look at it, and they're like, well, I, I'm not going to get into it unless I have the absolute best equipment. Right. Well, right. you could be sitting on the sideline the rest of your life yep. wishing you would have got into something. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, as somebody <laughs> really, uh, you know, uh, important, Joy Coulter said this the best, and we were sitting there. Uh, we were talking about the Austin Dillon boys mm-hmm. and, and, but, but the, the time that he was talking about it, he's like, you could give me the best helicopter in on the face of the planet. Like you give me the, the absolute best helicopter, but I can't fly it. Yeah. I have no idea how to fly it. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it takes, it takes the, the, you know, going out there in, in, in a car that's subpar, uh, getting the most out of it. You know, if you, if you could take a 10th place car and, and, and put it up to ninth or put it up to eighth, um, then it shows that that you're you're outperforming the equipment. When you get into that new car, when you get into that that high dollar piece, you know what you're doing. You know why you're there, and and uh, uh, you know it it puts you on the map in a hurry. And and uh, it, Danny, very cool to see. I know I stood on the bridge. I only got a chance to see you guys at uh, at GP3R, you know, for a handful of minutes. Um, but I stood on the bridge and I watched you guys come down into, I guess it would be turn seven. Um, and, and, uh, man, you guys were hauling the mail in a legends car, um, you know, leaving the gate and coming down in through turn seven, eight, nine. And, and, uh, it was a tremendous amount of fun to watch and, and hats off to you guys for doing that in in them little cars. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, GP3R is a blast. I mean, it. Uh, I kind of, I never really got to do anything where you're that close to the wall on the right and the left. So it was really fun to, you know, get the most of the car. And I'm, I really enjoyed 
you know, it, I didn't even care if there was another car on the racetrack. There didn't need to be. It was so much fun just to try to get everything out of the car every lap, and that's all I was doing. And it was fun to, you know, um, experience something totally different and work at just trying to improve myself every session. I mean, it, we didn't really get a ton of time on track for, for laps, um, but I knew that if I just went out there and tried to get better each time, then it would uh, it would end up all right. Well, it's all experience. You need it all. And, uh, man, you're like a sponge. I can guarantee you that. Anyway, is there any way that you're going to be able to uh, uh, ask Donald to stay over there on top of the box uh, and let you take the controls for Riverside, or is that kind of out of the question just yet? I don't know. I think he's got a little bit more experience than me at Riverside. I don't oh. know if I would dare take that from him. I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think I could do quite as well as he would. But no, I hope to one day get to run there. I mean, we've I've got to do a lot of testing there, and it's honestly, it's honestly one of the most fun tracks. It's so racy. It's it's really you get to really feel the speed of the cars. With uh, Scotia's a little bit of a bull ring, so it's kind of tight and narrow and. It feels just like running a legend car for speed wise, but Riverside you open it up and you get to really use use all the race car. And that's just so much fun for me. I mean, I uh ran my first race at Riverside in a legend car in two thousand nineteen and ended up on fire on the back straightaway. Yeah. But I had on every minute of it. So I <laughs> couldn't uh couldn't complain and to to think now that I get to uh go and run a pro stock and test every couple weeks and do stuff like that, it's dream come true yeah good stuff so are you back in the pro stock uh, if so how many more times to finish the year i know you'll be in the legend car every time there's a race yeah really not sure i mean we're kind of just uh just going as we do and 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 kind of picking up races here and there when we get a chance i mean there's uh i'm just here and i'm just getting to enjoy working with george every day and working on the cars that's been a lot of fun for me i uh Grew up doing that. I spent summers at uh, Roy McDonald's house, um, Roy and Judy's house, working on cars with um, with them, and getting to uh, getting to get my hands on pro stocks. And now getting to do it every day um, with George has really been a good time. He's awesome. He's super good, super good to learn from. He knows a lot, and uh, just meeting all these new people and and getting some great experience. That's what I've loved the most. Well, you're doing a great job, and I know the rest of Canada is going to have to keep their eyes peeled, definitely, on young Danny Chisholm from the East Coast of Canada. Uh, you'll see him. I guarantee it. You'll see him in all different forms of motorsports. He's on his way up, and that's one of the future stars. Danny, thanks for the time tonight on Race Time. Uh, go get him, man. We'll, we'll keep our eyes pinned on you, and we'll get you back on this show as things develop. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You bet. Young Danny Chisholm, watch for him in legend car. Watch for him in a pro stock. Uh, he's a talented young driver. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, how about Tim Tolton, one of those veteran drivers here in Canada? He went to Victory Lane in the three car in the Ontario Sportsman Series at Full Throttle Motor Speedway just last night. He's going to join us on the other side of the break. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Spencer Lewis. You're listening to Race Time Radio. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, Channel 167. 
Did you know you can get home and away feeds for every NFL, NBA, and NHL game on your phone? I can't believe it! Every game, all season. It's all on the SXM app. Sports the way they're meant to be heard. With your hometown announcers just Just a tap tap away. Search for your team, then tap the star on the corner of the screen and save it as your favorite. And it is gone! An incredible finish! And if you love college sports, when the game is on, just search for your school. It's always a home game when you listen to sports on the SXM app. Free for most subscribers. What is SiriusXM NASCAR Radio? Tyler Reddy will go to Victory Lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just won at Indy. Down here in Victory Lane, let me ask the fans. It's all. Joey Logano will set his sights on the championship. Uh, two times, baby. Things. He shoved him up the right track. Back up on the throttle as he heads to victory. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, he loses it. He crashes. SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Also streaming on the SXM app. Oh, hell yeah. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents Driving Tips with Smoke and Joe. Tip number 47, always bond with the race car. Talk to it. I'm going to give you an engine low to the ground, extra big oil pan will cut the wind from underneath you. That'll give you 30, 40 more horsepower. I'm going to give you a fuel line that will hold an extra gallon of gas. I'm going to shave half an inch off you and shake you like a bullet. And that was tonight's driving tip from Race Time Radio. Now, back to more Smoke and Joe. And welcome back, one and all, to Race Time Radio, all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks, and of course on Rev TV Canada. Throughout the course of the week, you can check us out on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit subscribe when you're there. It keeps growing a little bit every week, and we want to thank you all for doing that. Uh, just get to Race Time Radio TV on YouTube, and you can check us out uh, the Performance Motorsportnetwork.com. Uh, stealing the guys down there, making sure uh, Race Time Radio is played on both sides of the border, and we surely do appreciate it, uh, as we do each and every week, uh, forever and ever. Uh, let's get back to the show, shall we? Uh, this next driver. I have known Tim Tolton for a long time in this sport, and great to see he is back in victory lane, drives the number three car in the Ontario Sportsman Series. These guys really get after it, and Tim is up against a pile of really, really good tough teams this year, and he slayed them all last night at Full Throttle Motor Speedway, just uh, just, just, just outside Varney, Ontario. And uh, he joins us now on the hotline. What's going on there tonight, Timmy? How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for letting me join you this evening. You betcha. You had a good night last night. I had an outstanding night. Uh, I wish they came more often, but uh, 
we can't have that all the time, can we? <laughs> no, no. The other guys uh, wouldn't allow that to happen every night. But, uh, Tim, take us back through the race. Uh, where did you fire off? Where did you get started? Well, I started on the outside pole and and took the lead on the start of the race and led it for a while. Actually, uh, I believe it was almost 50 laps in when the first caution came out. And during that caution, uh, the, the heat soaked into the brakes and the brakes faded for me on the restart. And uh, I wasn't expecting that. And naturally, the next bit of the race didn't go quite as planned. But uh, I ended up dropping back to second. And once I got the brakes used and the fluid circulated and cooled down, the, the brake pedal came back and, and it was time to start running at normal speed again <laughs> i bet you went oh thank you for coming back i need you brakes uh you, you don't want to, especially at full throttle speedway right uh the highest bank oval we've got in canada i do believe uh the the banking is huge it is a tight track uh but but the banking you really uh it, it really pins you in uh and you can use all the race car but you do need those brakes Oh, you do need the brakes. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it definitely affected my lap times while they were, the brake pedal was mushy. But once it came back, I was ready to get at it again and uh, had to wait for uh, another caution and get a restart to get back in the game again. But uh, And then uh, unfortunate situation for the leader at the time. He, was, he had a tire going down. Uh, it's hard to say. I wish we could have raced to the end and had the cars that we started with, both of us, um, and seen who who was better at the end. We'll never know that. Uh, the race there earlier this year w was the same. I, uh, I had a good car. I had problems, and we couldn't fight it out at the end. Uh, maybe myself and Corey McAllister will get an opportunity to, to have a one-on-one -on -one and Right to the very last lap of the race. Yeah, it's going to come. You know it's going to. Corey McAllister, he's up there all the time. Uh, he's got great equipment. The guys work on it. He's got a great crew. Same as you, Tim. Uh, and that's what I love about the Ontario Sportsman Series. Uh, you never know who's going to win that race until the final lap. Uh, you guys really get out there and get after it for uh, every lap in those 100-lap races. Uh you got many races left to go. What do, what do you got? Like, uh, what, three three big shows left? Yeah, there's three races left. Uh, Billy Zardo's in for the next race at sunset in a couple weeks. Uh, he's looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the, the car's good. Uh, we'll make sure everything's ready for him, and he's got what he needs. He had a unfortunate failure the last attempt at sunset. Uh didn't get to start the race. Uh, we're going to make sure that he gets a good shot at it this time. And then there's also Sobel Speedway two weeks after that and the closer at Delaware two weeks following that one. It's a, it's a fun schedule. This The it Ontario is. Sportsman Series has got a great schedule. Uh, Tim, you've been a part of racing for a long time. Um, you've been a part of a lot of different series. You've been a part of a lot of different Saturday night programs. Um, you've done you've done a lot of different you know forms of racing. Um, 
talk a little bit about the OSS series and where it's at right now. I, I know that, that, you know, you guys would want it, more cars ultimately, right? Like you, you, you would, if, if there was a wish list, more cars would be on that list somewhere. Uh, but every great series and every great, uh, every great series has got a good contingent of, of competitors. And I think right now the OSS series is in a really good place with the level of competition that's there and the, the, the contingent that it has been assembled, I think is going to attract a bunch more cars over the next couple of years. You know, I think the OSS series has been in, in a, in a weird place for the past, you know, I'm going to say four to five years um, where there, there was a lot of unknowns. There was, there was promises that were made that weren't kept. There were, you know, a bunch of different things that, that transpired. But I think that right now the OSS series is in a really unique place and, and, and there's a lot of eyeballs on it right now and a lot of excitement behind it. What do you think about where the OSS series is at and where it's headed? I agree with everything you said there. I think the series is ready to to expand and probably expand rapidly. Uh, there's there's a huge amount of of recent interest in acquiring cars and joining the series. That we're being watched. Uh, we're seeing a lot of clean racing. We're seeing a lot of respect between the drivers. Uh, it's got a lot going for it, and the the series management right now is is dedicated to making it grow and i would love to see 20 cars in a race i'd love to see it i don't know if that's a possibility with the way stock car racing in general is gone uh i mean it's it's no secret that uh classes and series are are fading all over the place so that the whole racing uh scene there's there's not uh I don't kind of say there isn't interest in it, but there's so many things to do now, and you don't even have to leave your house to do stuff now. Yeah, and it's economical too, right? Uh, it, it, there's no doubt racing at the lower levels is all done with expendable cash. And when people haven't got the expendable cash to invest, uh, they, they tend to look for something else that either costs less or they uh, may not cost anything to go do. So it, it does. It's very cyclical uh, that the sport goes up and down like a yo-yo. Uh, but I, I, we're going to be in good shape here. Uh, from an affordability standpoint, with you doing all the different forms of racing that you've done, Tim, how does the OSS stack up? Is it an affordable series to go run? Well, I think uh, the fact that I'm in it is, is proof that it's definitely affordable because I... I've never been a big budget racer. I'm not one who will spend a bunch of money to do testing. I, I take my car. I, it is what it is, and I try to get the most I can out of it. Um, and if I can find it affordable, I'm pretty sure that, that most can. Yeah, always learning, right? Even uh, after doing it for years, you always tend to learn something every time you go out to the track, right? I'll tell you, I used to be the worst one for qualifying. There was nobody worse than me, but uh, I've, I've tried some different things. Some things worked, some things didn't. I, I think uh, we're not too bad in qualifying. Now, I still make lots of mistakes. Who doesn't? 
Exactly. You want to believe it. Uh, Tim Tolton with us. He won last night at Full Throttle Motor Speedway in the Ontario Sportsman Series. Got that checkered flag. Uh, won the 100 lap race. Tim, uh, hit those sponsors, man. I know they mean a ton on your race car. Who have you got? They do. Uh, first of all, I'd like to cover the uh, the series itself. It, it uh, it's very important the the sponsors that they have. The the Ray Foods One Hundred is the race I won. I appreciate them backing the series. Um, the Mighty Whites and One Stop Auto uh, are they were supporters of the race. Uh, I thank them. My own sponsors, John's Towing. In Mount Forest, Speedy Auto in, in Guelph uh, have helped me tremendously. Engines from Hal is always in my corner. Uh, and all my my volunteer crew, like it's friends from the racetrack, people that I've met recently, people that I've known for years. Uh, Scott Marvin, who got me into the series. Um, originally, uh, back in 2012, he... Uh, he was my spotter last night. Thank you so much, Scott, for doing uh, doing what you did. Uh, too cool. Yeah, you got to love it when a plan comes together. And, uh, Tim, good on you for getting the job done uh, to you and the whole crew. And I uh, know we look forward to getting you uh, back on this show. We like getting the winners on. And uh, we'll maybe get you back out here. you got, what, three more opportunities to join Race Time Radio. I'm not going to stop trying. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> Good thanks, deal. Joe. Tim, thanks so much for the time tonight. Congratulations. Hold that checkered flag high, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Tim Tolden. Uh, they don't make him quite much better than that guy. Uh, he is a staple in the sport. Uh, when he's not racing, he's at Full Throttle Motor Speedway and uh, helping the team out there, making the races go off. Uh, Paul Trepanier at that Speedway has been doing a tremendous job as all of uh, his employees and everything. If you get a chance, head out to Full Throttle Motor Speedway and check it out. They're doing a great job. And uh, just got to thank those guys for doing what they do, Junior. It's going to be a good finish for the Ontario Sportsman Series. You can see it coming. Yeah, for sure. You look at uh, the entire Tolton family. You know, uh, diehard racers, you know, there's a, there's a list of about 50 Toltons when it comes time for, for drivers, whether it be in a junior late model, a four cylinder, a OSS car, a modified, you know, there's uh, the whole Tolton family, huge ambassadors to motorsports. Um, uh, Tim has been, you know, a staple at, at short tracks, uh, across Ontario for a long period of time and, uh, hats off to him winning, you know, there's, and, and we, we talked about this and this was kind of my point, but, you know, you look at, uh, the different levels, the different backgrounds of competitors that are, that are out on that racetrack, right? Connor mm-hmm. James raced in the APC series. He, he was a previous OSS champion. Yep. Uh, he's out on that racetrack. Kevin Trevlin, a guy that is, is super happy to be at every race that that he's that he he's a part of whether it be a thunder or a super stock or 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 an oss you know race uh he's got multiple cars um uh you know you got guys like cory McAllister, right he's he's a, a business owner and a super stock driver and a, and an oss competitor as well and um just so many different backgrounds 
uh, out on the racetrack um and and that's what creates those those uh you know unique battles on the racetrack away from the racetrack as well and uh i really think that uh you know i, I he said i don't know how how you know possible it is to get 20 race cars on the racetrack I think that day is coming. I think it's oh, yeah. you know next year or the year after. I, I wouldn't doubt that you see that uh, that level of, of competition step up as the uh, as the the competitors increase um, and and the competition increases. Then you're going to see more. Uh, same with the Hariniacs, right? Oh the yeah, Hariniac Mikey. Hall Racing, Mikey, Mike and, and Mike, those guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, just a, a, an incredible group of people, uh, and uh, it's uh, you're going to see more as as the days progress. We want to congratulate Lane Zardo. He went to Victory Lane last night at Sunset Speedway in the next round of the Quick Quick Firestarter uh, Super Stock Series. Uh, just a dynamite race at Sunset Speedway last night. And congratulations to Lane Zardo. Did a great job. I put a tweet out, said that uh, he had beat Todd Davenport. It was a 30 car. I didn't know that Gord was in the car. Oh, yeah, Gord Shepard. Yeah, but uh, uh, congratulations to Laner. We will get Lane Zardo on the show uh, in one of, one of these nights real soon. Uh, did you happen to notice that Kenny Schrader was in the APC field last night driving the 52? Uh, he's not going back to the U.S. right away. He's sticking around. He will be at us weekend speedway uh, in the dirt races, the two of them in the NASCAR Pinty Series. So we look forward to seeing Schrader at uh, the Big O. And uh, don't forget, we will be there. Jerry Paxton and I will be live from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, right on Sirius XM, Channel 167, tomorrow night. So Monday night, we'll get you up to date. And uh, we'll be right from the garage at the Big O. Get you the latest information before they go green. Uh, and we're going to do all that live on Sirius XM, Channel 167. On Monday night, we're going to step out, take our final break of the night. We hope to have the boss with us. We got Glenn Stiers uh, from Oswegan. He's going to join us on the other side of the break. We'll find out how the final preparations are all coming along at the Speedway for two huge nights in the NASCAR Pinty Series coming up. <laughs> This is Kenny Schrader, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, 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 to coast you're listening to Canada, to Canada Talks. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. 
Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, Fort Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indiganish, Nova Scotia. I want my If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. Canada Talks. And now, back with your host, Joe Chisholm. And welcome back, everyone. All live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. So, so glad you could tune in. Hey, I want to uh, just give you a quick update. Douglas Fisher, we all know Douglas, uh, in the uh, Oscar Hot Rod series here in the province of Ontario. Well, Douglas, you'll remember, we had him on as a guest a couple of months ago. He put together what he has termed the uh, uh, bucket list tour. He wanted to get his hot rod and uh, do some touring, and he wanted to see Canada. He heard tons about the East Coast. And, of course, Heart of a Champion is the series out there that is virtually the same as the Hot Rod series here in Ontario that Dave Gainforth has got going. And Douglas says, hey, I'm going to go check it out. He loaded his Nova, and out he went. He has been out there for a few weeks now. Uh, he's raced at Oysterbed Speedway, Petty International Speedway in New Brunswick. He raced last night at Scotia Speed World, where I might add he picked up a heat win. Didn't do so well in the feature. He cut a tire down, and I think he came home sixth or something like that. Uh, but he's been having a blast. I've been texting back and forth with Douglas. We're going to get him on the program next week uh, and get you a final update. Uh, he is going to go run Riverside International Speedway next weekend with that Nova and he cannot wait uh, to hit that racetrack. And uh, Douglas is uh, so excited. He's having a blast. It's everything that he thought the, the tour would be. And uh, if we don't get him back to Ontario, I'm afraid we'll lose him out there. He's having such a good time. Uh, but Douglas Fisher, we'll get uh, more with Douglas next week on the show. Uh, but he is going to be at Riverside International Speedway. So when you see that number three Nova, you'll know who it is when you're at that track. You want to make it to Riverside International Speedway next weekend. Big Pro Stock Tour race. Heart of a champion. Uh, there's lots to see and do. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, so you can get them in advance and get out to the track and have a good time. Uh, I also want to... Uh, Joe, did you look around Facebook today? Corey Mears... Went to the racetrack. Of course, we met Corey and his family here a couple of weeks ago on the show. They got out and they did some racing on the weekend. And I guess Corey jumped into his son's car, qualified it. I don't know whether he qualified third and finished second or qualified second and finished third. Something like that. But he had results. On the way home, they seen one of their fellow competitors stranded on the side of the road. And typical Corey, what's he do? Pulls over, 
gets the guy, loads it on his hauler, and made sure the guy made it home safe. So that's the kind of competitors that you want to race with, and that's the kind of people that you want to be involved with. That's Corey Mears out there, out in Victoria. So uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and uh, uh, Corey and I were actually messaging back and forth because I've talked about it here a million times. I love that little CRX that they have, and <laughs> that's the one that Sarah drives. Uh, uh, and uh, Sarah was under the weather, so she, he got a chance to drive the oh, little that CRX. Why, that's why he was in it. Yeah. 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 And uh, so uh, he said it's amazing how much less stressful it is jumping into a mini stock versus a late model. <laughs> and uh, but uh, definitely. And hey, while we're on the shout out. Program, program here we got to give a shout out to lloyd rawlings lloyd rawlings shot a message over he's tuned in from uh down in an overcast windsor uh working on his pro late uh, in the delaware or or getting it ready for delaware yep the 69 uh, car um we do this is on a on a somber note and and i know that g-force did a great job covering it and same with the sunset announcers and and everybody last night uh at, at the racetrack but uh we did lose alan uh larkin um he was you know, he spent a bunch of time on the announcer side, uh, mini stock competitor, um, ha- had a really aggressive form of cancer and, uh, we ended up losing him, uh, uh, last week. Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to talk to Alan a handful of times and, uh, just a, a vibrant racing loving dude is what the guy was. And, uh, uh, you know, he'll definitely be missed around sunset speedway, but, but hats off to APC for doing the Missing Man Foundation, or Foundation, the Missing Man um, Formation, uh, formation mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, you know, to kick the night off for the APC series. And, uh, you know, with the, he was good buddies with Danny Benedict and those guys. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, on, it's, uh, uh, you know, tough when you uh, when you lose him so young, right? It's yeah. uh, uh, super difficult. But Not uh, good. We'll, uh, he, he will be definitely missed 100%. Absolutely. I want to remind you, too, are you a superbike fan? You like motorcycles? You want to see them race? You want something that will uh, just curl your hair? <laughs> Get out to CTMP this coming weekend. It is Superbike Weekend. Uh, they get the superbikes in on the 18th, 19th, and 20th. Tickets are on sale right now at CTMP. You don't want to miss this. Uh, I've seen the video. It is off the hook. Uh, just amazing. Uh, the the superbikes put on a show. Uh, that they're, they're crazy. They're just flat out nuts. Um, uh, awesome racing, and uh, it's all going to be live this weekend at CTMP. Uh, so get to CTMP and get your tickets and go enjoy yourself. Go enjoy a weekend at uh, Canada's world class facility, uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Uh, just incredible to see. Um, we got a big one coming up at this weekend. This Monday, Tuesday, uh, we got the NASCAR Pindies in for two nights. Monday night, Tuesday night. And uh, Race Time Radio is going to be there tomorrow night, Monday night, from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to broadcast live from the garage area at the Big O. Get you up to date, get you all ready to go for race number one on Monday night. 
100 laps for the NASCAR Penny Series. You got that 27 car ready to roll, Junior? Of course, I'm just Junior a, spots for the 27 of Andrew Ranger. Hey, man, I'm just a spotter. I don't <laughs> get the car ready to go but uh, by any stretch. But yet, I the car is actually already there. Um, I've seen a video. Ranger's camping uh, at, at the Big O, and, and uh, he shot a video of the hauler par- pulling into uh, uh, pulling into the the back 40 there just uh, getting ready to uh, uh, you know pull into place for tomorrow and uh, a, a huge contingent of the NASCAR Penty series is camping on the grounds of uh, of Ush weekend right now and and uh, uh, but uh, the 27 we made a massive miscalculation in 2023 that uh, will not or sorry in 2022 that will not happen this year oh really um Last year they put up a thousand dollars on night number one uh, on the Monday. Yeah, and for uh, the pole or for the fast time. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. for the fast time. It was a practice night, uh, you know, on the night of the nationals, and uh, you know we uh, we siped the tires and and uh, uh, sliced them all up, and and uh, <laughs> uh, you know went out there and and, and Ranger and and Aaron Turkey uh, were one two. Um, we thought we had a really good piece heading into the next day. Uh, we kind of anticipated the track staying the same way. It did. NASCAR said, nah, you're not allowed to sipe the tires. Ah. So we were like, well, that's, ones but off. that's why we did that. Yeah. Cause that, and that's why it worked. Yeah. And they said, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So we, uh, we basically start every one of our competitors that didn't do that. Um, they spent the night looking for grip Yeah. and, uh, you know, we we uh, we were behind the eight ball big time, so we are not going to make that mistake again. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, as a team, uh, night number one, uh, we are going guns a blazing and and uh, right by the rule book. And uh, let's go have some fun. And and uh, uh, I think that Ranger is so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he the is. year that we have had in that number twenty seven car. Um, there's no other way to describe it. It has been out of this world atrocious. Um, you know, 99% of the time uh, things out of our control and, Mm -hmm. uh, um, it has just been incredible. You know, you know, the saying you make your own luck. Well, I don't know who we made angry in the luck department, but uh, somebody really, holy jumping Moses. Have we ever, it's been, uh, it's been incredible. And, and, uh, you know, just, it is one of those years, right? And uh, I think that uh, every race team goes through it. Every driver goes through it. Um, unfortunately, this is that year for, for the 27 camp. But, uh, you know, we still have uh, two races at Oshweekin. We still have a race at ICAR. Still have a race at CTMP and Delaware Speedway yet. There's a ton of racing left in the NASCAR Pinty Series. Yeah, so you've got year. time to turn things around and Hopefully maybe we get can... a checkered flag here and there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, that's uh, the way to do it. We are uh, going in, you know, to the rest of the season, you know, eyes wide open and, and uh um, hopefully we can uh, turn the ship around. Just and like we'll get you it. guys always do. You don't go in with the intention of not going out there and doing well. No. Every time uh, any of those NASCAR Pinty's teams hit the racetrack, they're not going out to save. They're going out there to win. Yep. Every one of them front to back, and that's why we love watching the series. And uh, it's going to be dynamite at us weekend, Monday, Tuesday. Um, and I might add, the card that's put together – Clinton Jeffries done an amazing job with the program laid out. You're going to see some of the best racing you've ever seen on dirt 
on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the sprint cars. I was watching Friday night, and Bowman, incredibly quick. Like, like uh, he and Dylan Westbrook, what a show. Those guys were really lighting it up. Now, there seemed to be a little bit of an issue. I don't know whether it's turn one, two, or three, four. I want to say one and two. Turn. Was it one and two? So all year they have uh, um, they have struggled with a, a hole forming yeah, in one and yeah, two, yeah. and uh, it's a bad spot, man. When it forms, yeah, you do not want to hit well, that when so, you're in a sprint car. So no, you don't want to hit it with anything. No. We don't have enough clearance in a Pinty's car by any stretch, oh, and neither no. does a modified, neither does a sprint car. But uh, um, they actually took the initiative earlier on in the year, mm-hmm. and they excavated the entire corner and repacked it, replaced it. And and it still forms. It still forms, and and it uh, it, it is actually creating a big head scratching moment for all of those uh, uh, uh track members. Um, but it, it is not as bad this time of year, right? Uh, as well, what it has less been at the beginning water. of the year. Less groundwater right now yeah. is going to help the situation. Yeah, where early in the spring the groundwater is actually really high. Is the way that Clinton explained it to me, mm-hmm. and he it, supposedly later in the year, and now we're into August, um, that it should go away. But I'll tell you what, when it develops, I've watched enough races now this weekend. It's atrocious when that happens, but there's nothing you can do. The drivers, the teams are hitting those spots. Uh, that that's where you're making up ground. That's where you're making speed. And, you know, the, the, the big wheels on the cars are routing it out. And when it gets rooted out, that's when the hole really develops. And down you go. I, I don't know whether it was Westbrook or um, um, Bowman that had mentioned, uh, you know, the car. Uh, he didn't want to go down there, but that, that's where it was fast. So mm-hmm. you got it. If you want to be fast, that's where you got to go. Yeah, and the neat part about a dirt track is those those bumps and and those abrasion, you know, uh, points on a racetrack, they do form at every dirt track. So uh, that's part of what changes up the line. That's part of a uh, little bit of everything, right? It's uh, uh, it, it, even if they do form, if there's big holes and ruts. I think it's going to create havoc, you mm. know, because there's going to be people that are forced to drive through them. And when they do with these pennies cars, uh, the noses on them are all fiberglass. The ride height is going to be very low because everybody's going to be uh, set up for, uh, you know, for, for drive off. Um, so these cars are actually going to be set up very similar to what you would set it up for a, a tight oval. Um, and, uh, you know, when these cars do go through them, if the bumps are there, they're going to tear some stuff up, uh, radiators and center links and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, foot boxes and all those great things are going to get damaged. Um, same with the nose and the fiberglass and the fenders and the hood and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I think it's going to definitely play into, um, you know, everything that transpires. If these cars go out there and and polish the track like they did last year mm-hmm. those bumps didn't form there right. were bumps on the racetrack don't get me wrong but they were not craters no and no, uh, no. um you know they they did not form last year um i think that uh, if we get the right weather conditions it's uh, we might get away with it again mm-hmm. um and, and uh, i gotta also say too uh, as asphalt guys you know you hear the word rain and that's that's really bad in asphalt racing. We get a little bit of rain on Monday, 
that isn't going to kill the show. It a won't little bit stop of rain. It. A little bit of rain yeah. isn't going to, it's actually going to help things yeah. uh, where, you know, through a program, they will go out and water the track down to get some moisture back into it because cars take the moisture route and then it gets real dusty, slick, and away it goes. So uh, a little bit of rain. Don't worry if the forecast is calling for a shower here and there. Uh, don't let that hold you back from coming uh, to Monday or Tuesday night's races. Um, now, if it's a deluge, uh, you, uh, you check in with the Speedway, make sure that everything's still going. Uh, but I can guarantee you a little bit of rain ain't going to hurt this track, and it isn't going to hurt the racing. It'll actually make it more interesting, and uh, it'll be welcome news. We were hoping to have Glenn Styers on here right now, and uh, Glenn is a no-show. He's a busy guy. There is no doubt and just uh, hours before the two biggest races of the year are going to take place, I can well imagine that he is uh, tied up and uh, uh, redirected. But watch for Glenn Styers in these two races. Uh, Joe, Glenn has uh, made good forward progress this year in the Pinty's car and in the APC car when he's been out in APC. But I'm telling you, uh, and don't need to tell you, when it comes time for dirt racing, Glenn Styers uh, on his track is going to be uh, totally different looking than you see him on asphalt. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you touched on it uh, at the beginning. You said uh, Glenn Styers, like when you were introducing him or not like introducing that he was going to be on the show. Right. Uh, Glenn Styers, driver of the Zero Sprint car and the Zero NASCAR Pinties car. Um, and... The list goes on and on. The zero APC car, the zero center steer modified, the zero IMCA modified. You know, the the zero USAC midget, the zero uh, Chili Bowl midget. Uh, So the list is long and and uh, uh, very, very, um, you know, dedicated to dirt up until this point. Uh, he has taken a dive into the asphalt world and, and uh, uh, you know, he's, he's made huge headwaves sure. or, or he's made, he made huge um, strides in, in getting better. You know, it, when he first started on the asphalt side, it was nothing for him to go three or four laps down, um, you know, and now hey. he's, he's staying on the lead lap and, and he's making good time and he's only a couple tenths off. And, when I first met Glenn Styers. Yep. He wasn't in a dirt car. He had an all-star car, and he was running a late model. Uh, now, that was way back 100%. There. And, but and that, then he got into dirt. Well, yeah. he forgot everything with the asphalt stuff but, and but got into the dirt But the asphalt stuff back program. then was completely different. So if you drive... Asphalt's the same today as it was back then. No. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. The okay. cars are different, okay. I'll say. Okay. The asphalt's the same. We put Andy Schmidt in Andrew Grizel's car. Yeah. And the first time he went into the corner, he just put walled the thing. Well, I guess he, so. Did you see Andy Schmidt's car that he used to drive all the time? Yeah, it's it had not tons even of horsepower. Close. It it's had tons of horsepower, and close. you drove into the corner. Now you need to drive into the corner, set it down on the bumps, and and you need to you need to set sure. the front tires. Sure. And it is completely the the driving style from back when Glenn drove to this like to now is completely different. Well, yeah. yeah what? Yeah. No, you yeah, yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is completely different. It is. It, it's a completely Every different race car. Car would be different. 
Yeah. No, the driving style though. You used to float it into the corner, float it through the center, and get off as hard as you could. They used to if have... you try if you try to do that right now, you can't you yeah. can't get through the corner because you didn't load the front tires. They used to have high horsepower engines under the hood. High compression motors. Hundred percent. Today, crate engines, low compression, momentum. Yeah. You never did that back in the day. It was all high compression. Exactly. You put your foot on the floor. And it was like you stepped on a piece of TNT. Yeah. It would just ignite. Today, it's different. You used to, ha- you used you to have to basically slow right down and stop in the center of the corner, <laughs> to rotate the car, and then go with that big motor. Yeah. And well, now, today, you can't do that. It's all speed in the center of the corner. Speaking of that, we got to hand the keys back to Sirius XM. That's the end of the show for tonight. Yeah. And we want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to see you all at this week in Speedway for the two NASCAR Pindies nights. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, all on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And we will get you totally up to date from the garage area at the Big O. And before the big night, it is going to be epic. Join us. Join us at the track. Join us on Sirius XM. But that is going to do it for Junior and I tonight. Got to thank Sue here in the Race Time Radio studio and absolutely all of our operators across the different networks and uh, platforms that Race Time Radio is aired on. And, uh, of course, ultimately, got to thank you for tuning in. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll see you at the Big O in, what, 24 hours. See you there. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.